0: Only a week into the new year and I have already taught myself a new skill.
1: And I'm learning too. (laughs) You
0: picked it up way faster than I did. Welcome to this week's edition of An Hour of Your Life. My name is Kim.
1: And my name is Steve. And
0: I am wearing a beautiful self-crocheted Halo headband thing.
1: Well, this wasn't wasn't a New Year's resolution.
0: No, but it was something that I wanted to learn how to do. Yeah. And so I we drove down to my parents' house this weekend. Uh, and so I had three hours in the car, and I more or less taught myself how to crochet with a little bit of help from yep. <laughs> a couple of people.
1: <laughs> taught you how to tie a slip knot.
0: No, I I Figured it out a couple times on my own, but then I got frustrated. (laughs) Yeah, story of my life. (laughs) So, and then I taught Steve, and he picked it up like immediately, and is way better at it than I am, of course. So, also the story of my. What
1: grade would my mom give me?
0: Uh, she would give you a solid A.
1: And what what is she giving you right now?
0: Um, I would say she'd probably give me a B. Probably so. I think a B.
1: What, what did she give you when you... Uh, a
0: D minus.
1: <laughs> and why did she give you a D minus? Because she didn't want to fail me. <laughs> okay, That was with knitting, which is, I understand, a lot harder.
0: That's what they say.
1: Yeah. Because so. you've got two
0: hooks. But maybe now that I know how to crochet, maybe I can learn to knit. Now yeah. that like the concepts are clicking. In I was able to know, get the,
1: the stitches and make one row. And then, thanks to YouTube, I was able to... Flip it over and make a second row.
0: Yeah. I and that's we where can,
1: we quit for tonight because we wanted to keep our promise. Yes. And get an episode out and on our, Sunday.
0: Our yarn is really hard to work with. All yeah. right. So before we get into today's show, you want to talk about some current events?
1: Um, What, what do you think is the most talked about thing going on in the news right now?
0: Um... I would say probably the Speaker of the House, even though uh why, that was Friday it is, night. <laughs> yeah, we're recording on Sunday. Um, and so the Kevin McCarthy has been elected speaker. Um, but I actually am planning on doing a TikTok series on the Speaker of the House votes uh this week. So um probably Monday, Wednesday, Friday I'll release well, those. You
1: know what? It it took long enough, but like we always say, everyone always compares things to today. Yep. Kim, okay, Miss Trivia. What compare okay, what so, just and, happened to yeah, and history. that's
0: that's what I'm going to be digging into in, on TikTok this week. Um, and I'll post them, uh, at the end of the week on the website. I'll post all three of them. Um, but just but the for, short and sweet. yeah, short and sweet. Um, in 1923, uh, it went for nine rounds before they elected a speaker. But the record is 133 rounds. It took two months, and it was back in 1855 over slavery was the like the main issue. Um, and eventually it led to shoot. I can't remember what it's called, but basically they, they weren't going to come to an, like, they weren't going to get the votes that they needed. So they decided after two months and 133 rounds to just go ahead and elect the person who had the most votes. Yeah. So, so that's that. And and then also the Idaho murders have been in the news.
1: Yeah, so everyone, all those amateur sleuths and everyone with their opinions about the Idaho Police Department not knowing what they're doing and Keystone cops turns out they actually knew very well what they were doing and they just kept a lot of things secret. Go figure. And away from the public so they could do what they had to do. So, I
0: saw in the news, I didn't read it because I was just kind of skimming through the headlines, but I saw um, today that they th- have a picture of him at one of the memorial services.
1: Hmm. I didn't I didn't see that, but I was driving for a lot of the day.
0: Yeah. So, so. I didn't read it. I was just kind of skimming through. So I think okay. there's going to be more. Um. It'll, I think that's going to be an interesting one to follow. Yep. So moving on. Have you ever thought about starting a new life? I mean, like starting a whole new life, like leaving everything, everybody you ever knew, just packing up, moving to a brand new location, like not telling anybody where you're going, just starting all over again.
1: Nope. Why would I, why would I want to do that?
0: Well, I don't know if you would, but like people would, maybe you're bored with your life um, and, and like the direction it's going. Maybe you're having like a midlife crisis and you just want a fresh start or maybe you just went through a really bad breakup. Or or maybe you're leaving an abusive situation and you need to like a fresh start. Or you are leaving, um, you know, I've seen on a
1: dangerous situation.
0: Yeah, on like intervention shows and stuff, they tell the addicts that you need to get away from your friends. So, you know, if you're a recovering addict, you get away from the people that were causing you problems. Or maybe you want to chase a dream. You know, you hear about musicians going to Nashville, um, like actors and actresses going out to Los Angeles.
1: Maybe maybe you live in a little small town and you're just a jerk and you owe a lot of people money. That could be. That could be. That could be yeah. a reason
0: that you want to start over.
1: Well, those things seem pretty extreme, but change your identity and all that stuff we were talking about and move just just for that. I mean... Well, or maybe
0: okay but maybe you're the bookkeeper of a major crime organization or of a drug cartel and you just want out to save your own skin. Or maybe the FBI is breathing down your back and you're about to spend the next 75 years in federal prison so you decide to squeal.
1: You mean like turn state's evidence? That's
0: exactly what I mean.
1: Okay, what's the first rule? Snitches, Snitches get, get stitches, stitches,
0: but not always.
1: Okay, well, don't tell the grandkids that. (laughs) Yeah. So, exactly, how can I rat on somebody and not end up getting stitches? Or put in ditches. Or put in ditches.
0: You can be accepted into the Federal Witness Protection Program.
1: Okay, not that I need to know that, but do you think we should tell our listeners more about the Witness Protection Program?
0: I mean, since that's what we researched this week, I think I think that's a pretty good thing. That was a really
1: cheesy lead-in, wasn't it? (laughs) Okay, so what are the requirements for being accepted into the program?
0: Okay, so it's it is not the witness protection program is not the glamorous, um, like high excitement thing that you see portrayed on TV and in the movies. The only requirement witnesses need to enter the program is for prosecutors or law enforcement to feel like there is a credible threat against their life. It's not supposed to depend on how much information that witnesses can provide or how crucial they are to a particular case. Now, I say it's not supposed to. Does that mean that all things being equal, um, somebody that has been a mobster for 30 years... Is not going to get federal witness protection program, and the waitress at the restaurant where a hit went down is going to, you know, like you got a. It's not supposed to matter, but I I suspect that it probably does.
1: I don't know. I don't think so. I think it really comes down to life in danger. Could uh, yeah. I could be wrong. That that's what they claim, but we'll it's get into that. Yep. Yeah. So what we're doing, we're just going to set this up and tell you a little bit about it. Then we're yeah. going to go into some stories and some more details yeah Yeah. okay
0: um so the u.s marshal service is responsible for the witness protection program and the goal is to provide for the security health and safety of government witnesses and their immediate dependence so that was one of the things when we were kind of learning and researching i thought that was interesting because if let's say you were to go into the witness protection program
1: why would i do that
0: i don't know but let's say you would
1: I, it wasn't me.
0: <laughs> I and the kids. It's not mine. Actually, I don't know if the kids would be protected or not because they're grown out of the house. So I would be protected, but I don't know if the kids would be. I don't know if your mom would be because they are not, although they are immediate real, immediate family, they're not your dependents. I'm the only person that depends on you, theoretically. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Do you want to say that again?
0: <laughs> no.
1: Uh, wait, wait. Say that again.
0: Say what? That I am theoretically the only person who is dependent upon you?
1: Yes. Oh, I like to hear you music are. to my ears. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, yeah. whatever. Look, Moving we're just, we're on. We're just joking. I'm not really like that.
0: Anyway, uh, Im- so the this government witness and their immediate dependent whose lives are in danger as a result of their testimony against drug traffickers, terrorists, organized crime members, and other major criminals. The witness security program was authorized by the Organized Crime Control Act of 1970 and amended by the Comprehensive Crime Control Act of 1984. And we'll get into some of those amendments.
1: Had some bugs. Yeah.
0: The United States Marshal Service has protected, relocated, and given new identities to more than 19,000 witnesses and their family members since the program began in 1971. Hmm. The successful operation of this program is widely recognized as providing a unique, that's for sure, and valuable tool in the government's battle against organized crime and terrorism. Witnesses and their families typically get new identities and funding, but not a lot. We'll get into that too. For basic living expenses and medical care, job training and employment assistance may also be provided. The US Marshals Service provides 24-hour protection to all witnesses while they are in a high threat environment including pre-trial conferences, trial testimonials and other court appearances. So like while
1: they're while they're ratting in the
0: high yeah, uh, yeah in the yeah. high like the the, the most while likely. Te-
1: well, they're testifying on behalf of the government.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the highest threat, like when they're at home, they may not necessarily have somebody watching them twenty four seven. But yeah, when a- like-
1: I mean, after it's all done and they have supposedly been moved on, they're safe. But yeah, during the during the trial thre- process. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So is it safe for witnesses? We always hear about government efficiency. If, yeah. if we decided to do this, will I live to an old age will before you- I die? <laughs>
0: Well, no witness program participant following program guidelines
1: Ooh.
0: has a yeah. There's some fine print in there. Has ever been harmed or killed while under the active protection of the U.S. Marshal Service?
1: Well, we would be hurting because you have a hard time following. I don't want to say rules, but I consistent the rules. behavior.
0: I do exhibit You would slip consistent up. I guarantee behavior. it. You,
1: you would get us whacked.
0: Okay, so I know of several cases in which I had to keep secrets for months at
1: a time. Now, I'm not getting into those. Okay.
0: And I did it. Yep. I'm okay. not going to go into details, but I did it.
1: Moving right along. <laughs> to determine who is admitted into the program, all potential witnesses undergo an a Very intensive vetting process by the government, following these kind of these rules right here. The sponsoring law enforcement agency recommends it. The U.S. attorney sponsoring the potential witness is also involved in that process. The U.S. Marshal Service
0: probably heavily involved. Yeah,
1: and then at, at this level, it, then it goes to the Department of Justice Office of Enforcement Operations, and those you know those are the people that in Washington D.C who will make the final determination. The U.S. Marshal Service witness security personnel are the leading authorities in the entire world. They are the foremost experts on witness security matters, providing guidance, training to many government officials all over, not just within the United States.
0: Huh, interesting. Now, the program is not perfect, nor is it without controversy, Um, In fact, we were kind of inspired by um, a podcast that we, another podcast that we had listened to that was the story of a child of someone who had been in the witness protection program.
1: And somebody we think might be.
0: (laughs) That is an un, completely unfounded theory.
1: It's just a guess.
0: Now, one of the major criticisms of the program is that for those people that are in the witness protection program, the fundamental rights of privacy and personal autonomy freedom of association, freedom of travel, and basic liberty are pretty much done away with as a result of entrance into the program. And, I mean, you can't, like, you basically, you're not allowed to, you have to have permission to pretty much do anything. And the significance of that infringement on rights is diminished by the fact that almost all protected witnesses have serious criminal records. Not all, but a lot of them. Yeah. So there are some. Not just the
1: waitress who witnessed it happen.
0: Yeah. yeah. And we're going to get into some of the sweet deals that they get for testifying and for being snitches. Also, sometimes witnesses with criminal backgrounds continue to commit crimes
1: under the protection
0: of the witness program.
1: That's not good.
0: Sometimes the victims of their crimes bring court cases against them.
1: Yeah, I can see how that could be a problem. You get
0: in a bar fight, you're in the witness protection program, and the guy that you hit with a beer bottle brings a court case against you. Like, that's all public record. Yeah. So the Witness Security Reform Act of 1984 addressed this problem by stipulating that witness protection is prohibited where the need for a person's testimony is outweighed by risk of danger to the public.
1: Hmm. Let me say that one more time. Yep.
0: So... Their testimony is more valuable than the potential risk of public safety.
1: And so I imagine they go back, what is the potential they're going to commit Mm -hmm. another crime? What is the potential they're going to go murder somebody else or rob a federal bank or do this or that?
0: Even with all the provisions incorporated within the Witness Security Reform Act... Sammy the Bull Gravano, who recently testified under federal protection at the trial of reputed mob boss Vincent Giganti, was shielded from civil process servers by the presiding judge.
1: So, to put it in plain English, the government can do what it wants to do. Pretty much. According to the United States Now, people in the Witness Protection Program also face certain challenges. For instance, they are prohibited from returning to their hometown Also, they are not permitted to have any contact with their former friends or acquaintances. People in the Witness Protection Program make a significant sacrifice. They must give up their entire identity and their lives to participate in this program. Not doing so, however, could result in their injury or death. So people eligible for the Witness Protection Program must weigh the permanent threat to their lives against the loss of their identity. Entering the witness protection program is a, it, it's a difficult decision. I yeah, can understand I, how that would be.
0: I have a hard time even like when we move across town and yeah. everybody still knows who we are.
1: Yeah, that. Well, that what hard. are you doing that you have to? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be a hard choice. Yeah. But
1: so while it provides the security that may be necessary to keep you alive, it requires significant and permanent changes to your life.
0: Yeah, and some of those permanent changes are are. There, there's some interesting <laughs> yeah. interesting loopholes that might yeah. be good things. We'll get,
1: we'll get into those. But um, there's also the ongoing threat to the life of a witness in the program. So despite the high success rate for those who follow the rules of the Witness Protection Program, a risk always exists for these witnesses as criminals may hire people who will spend a lot of time trying to find them and kill them.
0: Yep. Now, those are the essentials. Let's get into a little bit more of the details and some of these stories we've been promising. So, there are rules for entering the witness protection program. There's
1: always rules.
0: People entering the the program have to sign a list of rules. Yeah. One of them is a pledge to in in their words Be a good person and live a normal life.
1: And what's a normal life?
0: Yeah. And of course, you wouldn't be put into WITSEC unless being a witness in your particular case would have to put you at risk. And when they decide to enter WITSEC, witnesses um, are the marshals immediately arrive at their home to whisk them away. Now, some are prepared and they're waiting for the marshals with small bags. But literally, sometimes people have left pasta sauce still simmering on the stove. Like, they just show up and they're like, you got to leave now.
1: We're We're here. Let's go. You got to leave now.
0: (laughs) There is a safe site and orientation center in the Washington, D.C. area where six separate families can stay without coming in contact with each other. Parents, spouses, children, siblings, and even mistresses Hmm. are all taken for orientation. Family members go through medical, dental, and psychological exams, each adult is also interviewed about their job skills so that they can be placed in a new location with a job that makes sense. Because that was one of my questions is how you don't have a resume. Yeah. Like you are given a brand new identity, brand new social security number, everything you have no work history except for whatever, maybe the government makes up for you. But I mean, if let's say the government decides that I would have a work history as a welder, like that wouldn't make any sense. I've never welded anything in my life. So I was really curious about that, but they do interview you about your job skills and they will try to find you a job. And I, I imagine that they probably have some of the things, it sounds like they might have a relationship with some, with some businesses. Maybe. Um, so like a kind of a, A don't ask don't tell kind of a thing and so when the witness is already in custody agents can come for the family so it I mean it's if you happen to be the like the witness like let's say in our case you are or (laughs) let's say I'm the witness and they come to get me during the day and you're at work that doesn't matter like they're not going to wait for you to get home from work they're going to take me and then they're going to like meet you as soon as you get in and then they're going to take you
1: well, I would hope so if my life is in danger.
0: Well, I mean, they're not going to so, <laughs> Yeah, they're not going to wait for you to get home though.
1: Okay. Families don't choose where to live as they may have told friends and that they'd like to live there, but witnesses may get to choose one of several prepared options.
0: So like for example, we wouldn't say like if we had always said, "Oh, we'd really like to move to Florida because" You know, Steve's family lives down there. They're not going to send us to Florida.
1: No, because chances are we've already told.
0: Yeah. Or And that would be a likely
1: location for whoever's trying to whack you would be looking for
0: Yeah, us. but they okay. might give us a list of like you can go to Billings, Montana. You can go to yeah Syracuse, New York. Or you can go Keweenaw. to... No, they wouldn't let us go to the Keweenaw because we go up there all the time. Or you can go to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Like okay. one of those three places.
1: So only around four government officials will know where they choose. So it's kept very, that's very cool. secret. It's tight. Families also get to practice their backstory from learning about the part of America that they are going to be, that's going to be their new home. So, I mean, it wouldn't well, do well, a lot Well, they're from, of,
0: yeah. So, like, you can't say, well, I'm moving here to Santa Fe, New Mexico from Dayton, Ohio.
1: Yeah, I you was thinking. You have to
0: move from, like, somewhere else.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't do to throw us in the middle of like uh, Keweenaw and we're not prepared for all the cold weather, and we don't yeah, know how to survive. Too. Like, yeah, people are like, look at those people out there in their shorts and flip flops. Yeah, yeah, okay. At the same time, administrators work to make that new person exist. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the background to to make it work and make yeah. it because they want to keep. A good uh, record.
0: Right. Now, witnesses get a new name, but taking a new first name is optional. And sometimes, this is where I would get tripped up. Yep. Sometimes it's a lot easier for a person to keep their first name so they always answer when they're called and they don't have to fully change their signature. Like, I would I would want to keep Kim and Steve and just change our last name because I would mess it up.
1: Kim Jones.
0: Yeah, okay. something. Um, you can choose your new last name, but it must be unrelated to your life. So, like, no family members, maiden names, no like best friends' last names, nothing like that. And it has to make sense ethnically. So, like, we couldn't pick like an Italian last name. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense. Um, in the early days, marshals would sometimes forge documents themselves. Witnesses and their families, though, now get legally sealed name changes and receive new Social Security cards, birth certificates, and driver's licenses. Now the relevant government agencies often produce the documents grudgingly, but they give them. The program also works with doctors and school administrators to transfer medical records and report cards.
1: So kids get new school records, or they get their school records copied into their new name, but there have been cases where parents have wanted their records changed just a little bit.
0: Oh, like
1: uh, little Johnny, let's let's change that C to an, an a. a. Okay. Well, so far as we know, as they report, all those requests have been denied.
0: Which sucks for the family and the kid, but at the same time, like that makes sense. If yeah. you, if you are getting like a D in math and they agree to change it to an A and you get to your new school and they're like, "Why you should be in remedial math, as you can A in this class." Yeah.
1: So it, I get it. Yeah, there's they they've put a lot of thought into this. Yeah. The program ensures that furnished houses, schools, and even religious institutions are in place at the locations where the people get sent. So, there's a lot of background work that's happening to make there this happen. There is,
0: but you're not I mean it but don't think that you're going to be getting top of the line. Yeah, yeah. You're not getting a brand new build and all these fancy furniture.
1: It depends on who I'm putting away.
0: Well, I guess that's probably true too. U S marshals provide security to make sure that witnesses survive the witness stand. But once testimony is over, witness protection is essentially a glorified plane ride or bus ticket. Some 90, 90- yeah, some 95% of WITSEC witnesses are criminals. So they have a parallel system for prisoners. Many criminals serve no time in return for their cooperation. So you could be have murdered multiple people,
1: be the hitman.
0: But you agree to testify against somebody that's murdered more people and you serve not a day for your crimes. Other people serve reduced sentences. Since putting witnesses in the general prison population could easily allow criminal organizations to reach them, select prisons contain isolated prison cells for protected witnesses. Now, many felons have sworn that protected witnesses gave false testimony against them for lobster dinners and sweetheart deals. I don't know if I believe that lobster dinner bit, but... I
1: I bet you it's happened or they wouldn't have mentioned that.
0: Well, they're just salty that nobody came to them first. Yeah. But I could imagine some of these sweetheart deals because there are documented cases of some of these oh,
1: like, yeah. perks and, that you get. And, and we'll get into it. So it's not completely without merit. But before WITSEC was formally formalized by the Organized Crime Act in 1970 and another act in 1984, witness handlers often kept them happy by sneaking them to like Italian restaurants or bringing them, say, a pair of boxing gloves or something like that. So there's a story that Jimmy the Weasel manipulated program administrators into paying for luxuries, including a facelift and breast implants implants for his wife, to the point that one agent quipped that he, um, he made more money milking WITSEC than he ever did committing crimes.
0: They didn't call him the Weasel for, for nothing. nothing. <laughs>
1: Nevertheless, witnesses receive a fairly Spartan deal Imprisoned witnesses do have um, slightly larger cell, Woo-hoo. but otherwise live in pretty austere conditions that the other the normal prisoners don't get because their isolation guarantees their yeah. safety. Yeah.
0: Relocated families receive a stipend, which is like a maybe a few thousand dollars a month for a family that is phased out after witnesses have time for to look for a job. They also get funding to pay for housing and other basic expenses, but it is enough for basically like a basic apartment, so not even like a house necessarily, and a used car, so not the latest and greatest.
1: I would say that before, when the when you're trying to negotiate that deal, you pretty much have to spell it out for the government what you're going to testify to. Yeah, And it's like, I'll say more if you do this. Like, no, we want to know.
0: I, yeah, who I don't knows know. What,
1: who knows what negotiation yep. goes on?
0: Since the government refuses to provide a fake credit history, witnesses also struggle to secure products and services when companies demand financial information. It's almost like declaring bankruptcy. Like you have nothing. You start out with nothing.
1: Well, let's go back. You said witnesses get money. Yeah. So doing the research, we found conflicting information on this. Some sources say that a formula is used to determine how much stipend that a family can get paid. Say if you are a family of four in New York, you would get more money than a family of four being moved to Corpus Christi. Mm. So it's it's based on cost of living, and it wasn't based on the value of the testimony.
0: Allegedly. Allegedly.
1: Other sources say witnesses, witnesses are paid a, uh, a statutory established rate of $40 to a day plus reasonable amounts for travel and certain other costs associated with their appearance. Now,
0: now, $40 a day, if that is for the entire family, like that's not a
1: lot. Well, it might be for person. I don't know. My best guess is that both these are true. It's kind of a hybrid. This, this could be that base rate of $40 per day and a cost of living adjustment made by location. Now, mm-hmm. I'm making my guess based on how the Army pays people a, a basic allowance for housing based on where you live. That so, would make sense. They yeah, already because, have
0: something in place. That's, yeah, you it's, know, yeah. yeah.
1: Witnesses, so, I mean, there's laws, and the law says this. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah, so.
0: That makes sense. Yeah,
1: so, like, if you lived, if you're in the Army and you lived in Dayton, I'm making this up, it's not actual, you, you might get, $1,000 a month cost of living. But if you mm-hmm. lived in Washington, D.C., you might yeah, get $3,000. Yeah. yeah. So I imagine that's probably closer to the truth.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Like what we were talking about earlier, witnesses do that, they'll make a list of where they would like to go, but they're most likely going to get sent somewhere else. So because, we're not
0: going to get sent to, where did we just say Santa Fe, New Mexico? Like no. the three places that we just listed, were, yeah. which I actually came up with off the top of my head. I don't want to go to any of those places, but it's out there in the world now. So we're not going to go yeah. there. And
1: we explained the reasons why, but it's also priority to send them somewhere that they don't feel like a total fish out of water. Like you wouldn't want to send, like we said, I don't send me up to the upper peninsula of Michigan because... I don't know how to deal with that extreme cold weather.
0: Yeah, and so yeah, and like don't send me to like a boardroom. I'm not gonna do well. Yeah, I don't think. A what? So it's a boardroom. Like don't don't make me like an executive of anything. because oh. I hate that. So and it's not. So it's not like the Harrison Ford movie Witness, like where no. he was sent for to Amish country to live, like as an Amish person.
1: Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it works like that. That's they probably relocate us to a little small town, maybe. In
0: somewhere in the middle of the United Indiana States. Yeah. or someplace like
1: that, where our accents would be about the same. And well,
0: I wonder, well, we are in good shape because Ohioans don't have an accent. Right. So, but I wonder, you say, Indiana. okay, we don't
1: have an accent, but if you were to try to put us <laughs> no, in lower Alabama, we'd stick out like sore thrums. Y-
0: yeah, yeah. I wonder though, you know, you mentioned Indiana. I wonder how far they would send you. Like, I wouldn't think that they would send you to an adjacent state. I don't know. But I don't know. That's interesting. We didn't yeah. really we didn't really look at that much too. I, that's a well, so. I'll have to look we'll, at that. we'll
1: cover that here in a little bit too. So there have been some pretty unusual requests made,
0: like more than changing your kids' grades on their report card. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so there's one story. There was a witness that requested that his girlfriend enter the program with him, but he wanted his wife left behind because oh, he dang. knew that she'd be murdered. If she didn't come with them. Wow. This was denied because the object of the request was to have the program become the substitute for divorce court. So
0: wow. denied. Wow. Now each witness is assigned a US Marshal. So like you have your little buddy. Um, if they're in a dangerous situation, like a court appearance, they're being monitored twenty-four-seven by the marshal, but Once they're just living in their new home with their new identity, the witness only needs to be in touch with their marshal about once a year. So although it sounds like a really cute buddy sitcom comedy kind of a thing, you're not just like have your marshal hanging out with you on the weekends. WITSEC participants are allowed to talk to the family that they've had to leave behind. Now, we mentioned earlier that friends and acquaintances, they're gone, done. But there is a secure mail program for family but they, you can't keep the letters after you've read them. So you read them, you give them back. Um, the marshals take them. You can also make phone calls to your family via secure lines that the program sets up for you. Sure. Only family, not friends, not acquaintances. Some witnesses we've already mentioned are serving time, but there isn't really much information on how that works. Um, but basically a person would at least receive a name change so that they're no longer able to be as easily located uh, in the late 90s it was discovered that certain witnesses like this had received special meals and phone call privileges in exchange for testifying in my opinion that's uh, special meals are a small price i mean like what kind of special meals are you going to get in prison you're still in prison yeah like small price it's it's i don't have a problem with that okay.
1: so the program has an excellent track record But it isn't foolproof. So
0: you mean there's some people that haven't followed the rules.
1: Yeah. There's at least one documented case of witnesses being identified in their new lives by one another. Wait, what? Okay. So an audit published in 2005 revealed that two witnesses who were acquainted before entering the WITSEC program ran into each other at a convenience (gasps) store. One of the witnesses was relocated. So it was That's by chance. That's
0: witness protection program, though. Like, why would you, two witnesses that I'm assuming are probably testifying against the same person.
1: I mean, Dayton's a good-sized town, but it's not that big.
0: Why would you put them in the same town? I
1: mean, we run into people all the time.
0: Yeah, well. Yeah, chance. I mean, I guess you could. Like, sometimes we run, we run into people in Europe that we know that we didn't even know. Like, from here. Yeah. Friends in Europe. Family from, or friends from family from here that we, we just
1: ran into ran
0: into in the middle yeah. of belgium you know maybe
1: they take the risk That's like true. if it's los angeles what are the chances apparently Pretty so you're good. so you're saying there's a <laughs> chance That's right okay
0: now the kids are really i i have a heart for the kids in Witzek. Um, one case, they didn't do it. They're they didn't innocent. do it, and they really have to pay the price if you think about it. Like mm. it's hard to leave behind your friends when you're a kid. Like, leave behind. and it's hard to adopt a new identity. That's putting a lot of trust in your kids. One case involving kids led to a change in policy. Thomas Leonard was divorced from his ex-wife, but he had visitation rights to see his children. Then his ex married a mafia informant, Pascal Calabrese. The informant, the ex-wife, and the children were moved out of Buffalo, New York in 1967. And the dad was unable to get in touch with his children until 1975. So almost 10 years he went without knowing where his kids were, without being able to talk to them, nothing. I cannot even imagine. He sued the U.S. government and won It led to a change in WITSEC. Now, a parent with visitation rights has to approve their child's participation. And I would imagine that gets really ugly if they don't approve. I mean, I would imagine it gets really ugly regardless. Because I feel so bad for the kids in WITSEC.
1: So we said that nobody that has followed the rules has had any harm come to them. But, you know, we've talked about these other things by not being perfect. But what about some of the people who have broken the rules? Daniel Lapola, for example, returned to Connecticut in the 1970s to go to a funeral. He also decided to pop by his old house, which had been which had been booby-trapped. When he unlocked the door, a bomb went off, and uh, Daniel was killed.
0: I feel like you you had that coming to you. Sorry, you're an idiot.
1: Henry. He didn't follow the rules. Yeah. There's rules for a reason.
0: Henry Hill, who was a mobster featured in Goodfellas, ended up in the witness protection program. He was a protected witness in the 1980s. His wife and kids were also in witness and they all lived in Red- Redmond, Washington together. But that didn't stop him from getting married under his new identity. He moved in with his new wife, Sherry Anders, and unsurprisingly, his other wife, Karen, found out. Hmm. The two women seemingly put an end to the madness by confronting Henry together.
1: Poor Henry.
0: But the new wife, Sherry, had a change of heart and she would not end her marriage to him. Now
1: wait, one second. Was it a change of heart because of him or because of the protection that she would be losing?
0: I don't know. I mean, like we've said, this is it's not really a glamorous program. Yeah. Um but and- it's
1: keeping her alive maybe.
0: I she didn't know. I don't think she knew that he was in the witness protection. Well, I mean
1: Yeah, she had to know because she had to go through the training the wife, and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, no, he met her after he like he oh. met her with his new identity. But Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I
1: completely got that wrong. It's the new wife.
0: Yeah, the new wife. Okay. She like decided, no, I'm not gonna end it like well, no. Maybe she likes wife, the bad boys. To, I guess. I guess. Anyway, WITZEK eventually removed the entire Hill family, like all of old wife, new wife, all of them, kicked them out of the program because they were just causing too many problems.
1: Yeah, go figure. <laughs> yep. Okay, so witnesses and their families are free to leave the program whenever they like. If their security is compromised, U.S. Marshals can re- relocate them again, and those who break the rules too many times, as we just said, may lose their federal protection
0: that that's what would happen to us like i would i would slip up one too many times and be like sorry you're done
1: some independent reports say that there's um very little long-term oversight in the program and many witnesses have continued to associate with people from their old life and make money through illegal activities after joining WITSEC. now do we
0: take that with a grain of salt because yeah,
1: I, I, I mean it's so.
0: it's hard to know what happens to anyone in the program because they're not supposed to tell anybody so we have to wonder are these reports of disgruntled participants that just wanted to air their grievances or maybe the independent reports are just people who wanted to stir the pot i mean if you've if you've ever had to work with any other human beings there you know there's always going to be somebody that's not happy no matter what you do for them
1: yeah i mean you know, just look at, like, the stuff that goes on in day-to-day life. There's people who are just, you know, so I- I'm going to get somebody. I'm going to get the government. I'm going to do this. You know, talk about conspiracy theories and oh, all yeah. this stuff goes on. So, I mean, I personally take this with a grain of salt.
0: Yeah, I, w- I would think so. Mm-hmm. I-, I mean, like we said, 95% of the people that are in WITSEC are criminals themselves. So how and not much, ju- and not just
1: the guy who's stolen some copper to feed the family for the winter or something right. like that. No, like these
0: are not these great are hardcore
1: people. people. Yeah,
0: general ninety five percent. Not all of them. Like there is that five percent, but ninety five percent are they're criminals. So how much of what they say is really trustworthy, and how much of it is exaggerated, and how much of it is
1: embellished?
0: Embellished is a yeah. great word. Like I've I. I am the stereotypical Midwest white woman, middle aged Midwest white woman who likes crime shows. <laughs> like I'm the stereotype. But we watch, and we watch some of these, um, like, and we I, have become experts. Yeah. yeah. We watch the, like, oh, I, w- I was a prisoner or I killed somebody or whatever. And and the criminals, like, are pretty, they try to put on, like, a hardcore front, but then you see them with their families or whatever, and they're a totally different person. So I, I don't know that I really trust. I think there there's a lot of false bravado and false whatever.
1: I don't know. Well,
0: anyway, we've pulled a few sources or a few stories from reputable sources to tell you. Like
1: experts. Yeah. So... In 1996, the U.S. Marshall Service allowed the New York Times to conduct an interview with a protected witness family at a neutral site, but they couldn't reveal identifying details about their new lives. Most of the time, if you read or hear a news story about someone in the witness protection program, it's because they've already blown their cover.
0: But not so with this family. Right. Um, but but the cover-blown thing was the case with Wahid Moharam, who was the subject of a 2003 article in the Kansas city star. He left his daughter and first wife. See, and this is crazy. Like there, all this bigamy that goes on in WITSEC. He left his daughter and his first wife in New Jersey to enter the witness protection program because of testimony he provided in the 93 world trade center bombing. Um, the U S marshals first placed him in Phoenix, then relocated him to Seattle after he allegedly broke a witness security rule that blew his cover. In Seattle, his cover became compromised again, so the Marshals relocated him to Kansas City, Missouri. There, he married for a second time and allegedly blew his cover to his new wife. This time, the Marshals Service released him from WITSEC, but he continued to live in Kansas City, and he may have stayed under the radar (laughs) if... He had not begun to show up at Chiefs football games dressed as a Native American caricature calling himself Helmet Man. This earned him some local notoriety. If you're in WITSAC, you're supposed to fly under the radar and not draw attention
1: to yourself. No one said they're smart.
0: (sighs) After the terrorist attacks of September 11th, his second wife publicly revealed that he'd been in the witness protection program. Because, get this, she had an unfounded belief that he was involved in the attacks. He wasn't. But his wife, for whatever, his second wife, while well, he's still married to his first one, thought that he was involved. So the Chiefs asked him to stop coming to their games as Helmet Man out of concern that he was still in danger and someone could target him during the games.
1: So his story is unique. But uh, Bill Mushi, who is a professor of journalism, like I said, you know, we're, we're going to some trusted sources right now, reputable sources. At uh, he, He's a, a professor of journalism at Point Park University in Pittsburgh, suspects that there are many more people in the witness protection program who break the rules without the U.S. Marshals finding out.
0: I mean, I don't see how you could not. Yeah.
1: I mean, Bushi like they
0: can't monitor you 24 7. Yeah. Much but, as they, like they only have to they report
1: they in like once a year after they're there. So. Yeah. Mushy was a 1997 Pulitzer yeah. finalist for his reporting in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette about problems and risks within the witness protection program. He has interviewed dozens of protected witnesses, many of them who continued to associate with people from their old lifestyle, or make money through illegal activities after joining the program. So unless someone gets arrested or has some kind of involvement with the law in some public way, the marshals normally are not going to pay any attention to it. Sammy the Bull Gravano of the Gambino crime family testified against John Gotti, and the WITSEC relocated him to Phoenix, but Moshe says, his location became common knowledge, and he soon started trafficking ecstasy with the white supremacist gang.
0: I, so authorities eventually prosecuted Gravano and sent him back to prison, and he's since been released. Um, so I mean, I can kind of understand, like, if you are especially mob guys that have grown up in the life, like, literally, that's all they know how to do. I, I, I get it. Like, I understand. I don't think... I mean, it's bad, obviously, but I get it. Less prominent witnesses who break the rules may go unnoticed. Mushi says it's most of the protected witnesses he's talked to. Um, they're just unhappy with their new jobs, and that can make it easier for them to go back to illegal ways of making money. Uh, sometimes you make more doing illicit things than you do at your 9 to 5.
1: Yeah, well obviously probably a lot of times actually there's one story that the guy was an engineer and he testified and so he went to new york city and he got busted by doing shady deals with Mm -hmm. contractors and doing stuff like that and you know they arrested him and they talked to him and said hey look it's you know this is normal to me this is how you do how it's done this is how you do business you know it's not like i'll just pay you this there's Deals that go on under yep. the table to make things happen. So to him, that was normal. Yeah. For some, fear is a constant companion. John, we'll call him John Doe, his wife and two children went into federal witness protection in the mid 1990s after he served as an undercover FBI asset who helped thwart uh, terrorist attacks, planning an ambitious multi site attack in New York City. Once in protection, he lived in stress, exhaustion, and fear, always looking over his shoulder, checking the rear-view mirror, and making unexpected turns to thwart anyone who may be following him. Doe says he amped up their home security with firearms, cameras, infrared sensors. He made sure his bed always faced the doorway. He excelled in martial arts and sometimes wore disguises when out in public. In one stretch, the family had to move at least seven times in eight years, <laughs> says Doe. Once when uh, the kids accidentally broke cover and once when a van tried to mow him down outside his place of work. Yeah, Accidental, those, intentional. Yeah.
0: It's those kids. They're, I mean, you. if you're a kid, it's going to be hard to keep this a secret. Each time they'd be forced to pack up their lives in Joey, hours. Joey, your
1: name is now Danny.
0: Right. They were flown via private jet to a safe house in an undisclosed location, kept under lock and camera surveillance until their old identities were scrubbed again and new ones created again. In each locale, Doe says, he started a new career to minimize the chance of being recognized. Now get this. This is incredible. This guy is like, talk about a jack of all trades. He has been a tree trimmer, hotel manager, jewelry salesman, massage therapist, roofer, and scuba diving instructor. Now, in the meantime, he continued to do occasional work for the FBI, conducting training sessions for agents on how to work undercover with terrorists, and he has since come out of the program. Well,
1: let's talk about some of the questions you might have. And... Um,
0: questions we had. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, before entering the Witness Protection Program, all financial and civil obligations must be satisfied, which include debts. That means any assets you own will get entirely liquidated and used to repay as much of your debts as possible, as like as if you declared bankruptcy. So that prized '67 Camaro you got sitting in the garage, gone.
1: You remember that uh, safe house we talked in Washington D.C.? Mm-hmm. Supposedly, it just isn't any house. Well,
0: I would assume it. It
1: must be able to withstand potential bomb threats to wow. ensure the safety of the newly. Admitted witnesses.
0: Wow. And they said six people or six families that have no contact with each other. So I imagine it's probably a It might be on a big
1: compound or something. A unique house. Yeah.
0: Now, the issue of children being relocated as part of the Witness Protection Program is a controversial one. In instances where the parents are divorced or not together, it can raise problems with access... If the child moves or one parent is put into protection, then it would make staying in contact incredibly difficult. That's why they have those rules about joint custody and visitation rights. They have to agree. Everybody has to agree to the child being relocated. Otherwise they can't enter the program. And even if they agree, contact is limited to just 12 visits a year, which are supervised by Marshall. So you get to see your kid once a month.
1: Yeah. The main aim of witness protection is to provide anonymity. Marshals have strict rules about what the families can take with them while they're relocating. Anything that could potentially identify them in any way is banned, including toys, letters, diaries, jewelry, and even family photographs. In one instance, a child um, couldn't even take a drawing made by a classmate as a goodbye present because it had his name on it. And sometimes it has happened that the officials have stopped people from taking their family pets and letting them move with them. Deal breaker. Yeah. Jack and Rupert are gone. Have,
0: have fun with your time in witness. Yeah. We'd even take word. Murphy with us too. Yeah. Now the witness protection program is all about creating a new identity and that means participants have to continually lie. They're not permitted to tell anyone about their past or they'll risk being relocated to a new area. That so, is, if
1: you don't like Phoenix, hey, I did this. I'm right. in the witness protection program. Yeah. So, now you're moved to
0: Yeah. Can you... I just keep coming Seattle. back to the kids, though. Like, how hard is that? Especially, like, you're teaching your kid to lie constantly. What kind of a person is that going to turn them into?
1: Um, You... You know, you could sit there and say, well, you know, you need to think about, about this before you do the crime.
0: Uh, that's true. But if you if it's the witness protection program, like some of these people, 5% of them didn't commit any crimes. Yep. They were just in the wrong place, the wrong time, or they knew the wrong people. Um, So you can't tell any new friends. You can't even tell, like we said, you can't even tell potential partners. So if you are single and you meet somebody, you fall in love, you cannot tell them that you are in the witness protection program.
1: How well do you actually know (laughs) your significant other? (laughs) Hmm. Have you ever checked it out? Like, where are your baby pictures?
0: Yeah, there's a reason why. They were lost in a fire. Yeah, there's a reason why there are no pictures of me growing up. Hmm. Come to think of it. (laughs) (laughs) Today's Witness Protection Program faces the added burdens of the digital age. Can you imagine how hard it must be right now? Facebook, Google, texting, instant access to information via the internet and smartphones and the dark web provide new challenges to keep the identities of witnesses a secret. According to the US Marshal Service, the modern world of technology, because there is more information out there, it's that much more important for our people to be vigilant and for us to be vigilant.
1: Wow. That technology really like, holy gosh, how we, what's next?
0: I mean, you have, yeah. you know, somebody who works in, in security in in for like high tech IT cyber yep. stuff can you imagine if that person, you know, was in WITSEC or, like, had Wanted to get someone in WITSEC. Yeah. Like if can you the mob hired him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because while this is a fine, upstanding young man, if he was not a fine, upstanding young man, he can do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, there you have it. An hour of your life's take on the witness protection program.
0: We need to mention that this is a controversial program in some circles. Not everybody is going to agree on everything. I mean, just take a look at Congress trying to elect the Speaker of the House. Some issues that people have um, are generally people receiving benefits from tax dollars that are criminals. And those people believe that protection can be offered in protection with isolation If you're a U.S. marshal and you join the marshal service to catch the bad guy, you might find yourself protecting the people that you believe belong in or in prison. So there's definitely some ethical controversy. Yeah, there's
1: some dilemmas you might find yourself in, I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess that about covers it. But I think we really should you know, keep in mind that all the research we did and trying to pull information and put this together, keep in mind that this is a very secretive program. It's not like... Yeah. We went to Wikipedia and we were able to dig all this stuff out and, you know, this well, is a fact and this is how it and is. And
0: this stuff that we have could be outdated.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, there's you no, know. you really don't know. Because it's a secret program. It's a secret but program. But it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. So what we talked about may not be 100% fact and some of it is our best guess and speculation from the sources we researched to gather the information to put this episode together.
0: So you decide. Is WITSEC a valuable program that puts bad people in prison and protects the citizens of America, or do you view it as a waste of money and thinks that criminals should do their time? Is it the lesser of two evils? And also, remember, I keep bringing it back up, not everybody that is in WITSEC is a criminal. Not everybody is.
1: Is it going to save my hide?
0: As long as I don't mess up and (laughs) tell everybody your name.
1: We could probably, I mean, and I'm not saying this is like, there's not going to be hardship or anything like that, but you and I could probably go into WITSEC easier than if we had three or four kids running around the house right now.
0: Yeah, I, I'm i going to try to not give any to, like, but let's just say that you were in a former polygamist cult, for example, and you had multiple, you are one of multiple sister wives with multiple children, and you are supposed to testify against Warren Jeffs. How do you put that person in WITZAC? Well, like, where are you going to put them if that's been their entire life, and they don't, I mean, what are you going to do? How are you going to take care of those kids? Like, there's so many questions. Yeah. But. I, and they're not criminals. Like, those people are not criminals.
1: Well, technically.
0: You know what I mean. Yeah, I know what
1: you mean. Technically, Technically, it's illegal, but, but I know what you mean. I'm just yeah, being the jerk victims. about it. They're right yeah. victims.
0: They're not criminals. They're victims.
1: Not so, according to the laws of Utah. There. Okay.
0: So there. I mean, there's a lot to think about.
1: Yeah. So there you go. There you go. That that is the witness protection program, according to Kim and Steve, and it's 100 percent fact, and absolutely. that's how it is. Yes.
0: If you've been in WITSEC drop Call us a us. line. We yeah. would love to hear from you. Yeah. We'll keep you we'll keep your name a secret.
1: Should we talk about who we thinks in witness protection?
0: No, I just uh dropped enough. Okay. Right then in there. So. No, that was
1: somebody else.
0: Oh, you have a different person that you're thinking of?
1: Yeah. I had to take a pause. <laughs> now you know who I'm talking about?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah, that and that's who I was yeah. talking about.
1: And as we were reading about this more, there's there's a lot of other things like local law enforcement they you know people may be placed close to local law enforcement who might know their who who they actually are maybe to help keep an eye on them or something like that you know maybe yeah, or
0: maybe not even like they may not know who they are because there's only what'd you say like four people that know their identity but you know local law enforcement might get like a well you remember that like article
1: we read when we were that, coming up from Florida? Remember, it was like uh, they, they said sometimes schools, sometimes doctors, because yeah. they have to know medical history. Oh, yeah. So it, it's not, again, I don't know. Yeah. Who, I, knows? You know, who knows? There's
0: a lot of, yep, yeah, there's a lot.
1: Okay. So what else do we need to talk about?
0: I uh, that's pretty much it.
1: All right. So if someone wanted to get hold of us, how would they do that?
0: If you're in the witness protection program, you can find us at. An hour of your life.com, or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, all those socials that you're not supposed to be looking at. Um, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Um, I have a, a what's it called? TikTok. I have a TikTok of my own, and I post videos on an hour of your life.com. Sometimes they're related to what we're talking about, sometimes they're not. This week, they're not. Like I said, it's going to be uh, stuff about Speaker of the House. Um, And those will be up all on Friday. And let's see. Oh, if you want to send us an email, you can write to us at alosthour at gmail.com. Yeah.
1: So when we took our little hiatus, um, not lying, we, you know, our our listenership is down quite a bit and we Mm -hmm. kind of expected that. So help us out and remind your friends, say, hey, an hour of your life is back up. And you know share share our episodes please and yeah, you know tell your review. friends about it let's we need to get back up to where we were
0: Yep like share leave reviews if they're good if they're not just forget i mentioned it but Yeah but yeah
1: And okay now i got to say this so if you are in the witness protection program and you want to contact us I have been itching.
0: Oh I can my dis- gosh. I can
1: disguise a voice yeah, with our board. We
0: have fancy technology. I will
1: I will disguise your voice. Just so, star
0: sixty nine it or sixty seven, whatever it is. I don't know how to yeah.
1: or or do it through Facebook and we use a VPN or whatever. <laughs> but we'll we'll get it figured out. We'll keep
0: out. you safe, don't worry. Yeah,
1: we'll keep you safe. Talk to your marshal. <laughs> Talk to your marshal about it. Bring your marshal on with us.
0: Oh, that we'd love that.
1: Yeah, we would love to. Two that. for
0: the price of one. Yep.
1: All right. Anything else? That's it. We're All done. Right. So, from our studio in Sugar Creek Township.
0: Thanks for spending an hour of your life with us. Sources for this week's show include Ranker.com, AETV, Priceonomics.com, Mental Floss, Professor Bill Mushi, Professor of Journalism at Point Park University in Pittsburgh, Dr. Jared Sadalewski, Associate Professor within our School of Security and Global Studies, the Office of Justice Programs, and of course, the United States Marshal Service.